from Oahu, Mike Taylor. Well, how about that? Not only do we actually have an intro voice, sounds like a very attractive woman. We support very hard around here. What's going on? It's episode eight. Eight of these we've now done. Of Thunderdome Live, it is the mayor of sports. It is Mike Taylor. What's going on? How you boys doing? That's rhetorical. Don't answer that. I guess you can answer that in the comments page. So welcome in here, man, live from Hawaii on the beautiful island of, island of Oahu where it's 82 degrees and I'm watching the weather last night. I have I actually tuned in and watched local television news last night, which I never do. I just was doing nothing else, so I turned it on. It was like 10, 15. They're doing the weather. And I'm thinking, why the hell do you even bother doing the weather here? Every damn thing, it was like they show the seven day forecast, all seven days, high 82, low 68. Like one day it was going to rain for like 10 minutes. And then one other day there was 15 mile an hour trade winds. And the rest of the time it was same damn weather. So welcome. I'm in beautiful Oahu. Joining me from cold Texas is DJLG from his mothership studios on the northern part of the city nah. as big as oh biggest pumas here that's good look at that rolling with that nice hat what's up how we doing over there pumer we good yeah, on time and everything how about that almost on time I'm about 90 seconds late i'll take that okay. microphone's on mute but yeah that's there we go yeah that, microphone's better. on mute there big dog <laughs> well this big dog don't control that for once so uh, you can't uh, oh me. well okay well come on lg what do you what do you want you, y'all look like it's freezing ass cold there it's, it's pretty fucking cold man not supposed to get cold. better i think it's supposed to get warmer tomorrow though right i hope oh, you don't watch the weather there i think i saw earlier that's supposed to get a little better so here we are in paradise and a shitbag state called Texas. I'm mad at Texas right now. Not at the state. I'm mad at the governor. But anyway, so I'm in a, I'm in a wonky mood tonight. Um, but we'll get out of it and bec- we'll get out of the wonky. Because earlier today on the radio show, as we record this, I got pissed off with the governor for going to war with my kid, essentially. So this is good timing that we're doing this show here because... We're going to talk about not that. I'm going to get out of that. I got pissed off on the air. I almost said cock on the air today, Puma. Did you notice that? I almost said cock. I almost said shit four times in the first segment because I wasn't used to being on a mic again. Right. I, 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 I said fine. I was lamenting Governor Greg Abbott, and I was going to mention that he's dead from the cock down, and I had to stop myself subconsciously and change it to dead from the penis down. It doesn't quite doesn't quite hit as hard, so to speak. Penis? No, I know. Cock would have been better. He's just a bad human, and he's not made his wife have a decent orgasm ever because he's dead. And uh, yeah, and I wish the upper half would die too. But anyway, that I want. So this is a good time to have this show, so we can get out of that and go on to other stuff and talk about all kinds of shit. So we have a guest with us tonight, and I've been looking forward to having this guy on. Uh, and he and I have chatted a lot in the last few days about what he was comfortable with talking about. And it sounds like he's totally comfortable with whatever. So I'm hoping just to chill and let this guy tell some stories. Um, our guest tonight is a guy called Martin Strayer, who lives in South Texas, but basically travels the world, probably more so when there's not a pandemic going on. And he joins us right off the top tonight. It's my boy, Marty. 
Uh, look at that with his Soundgarden hat on. Can I, I'm gonna go. Let me. I'm gonna. Can, I'm, I'm gonna tell the story. Old school. Here. Look at that. It looks very old school. So I'm gonna tell a quick story about how you and I met, and then we're gonna get into Martin's story because it's amazing. Nobody. Let me say this. Nobody in this city has more music experiences with mega bands and major artists. I don't think there's nobody in, there can't be anybody that lives in San Antonio for sure. Maybe in Austin, but not in San Antonio. I don't think anyone's experienced what you've experienced music wise, just working with being around bands. And I don't, I don't mean like, you know, just like small, I mean like mega bands, like fill the arena shit type stuff. So mm -hmm. Well, I want to get into some, some stories with that, but let me, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Did you know sure. that I called, I thought you were lying to me one time well, before we ever met. So here's the deal. So Martin, how long have you lived in San Antonio? Uh, solid now since 2012. Okay, cool. And I was on the air in 07. So at some point, after you moved to the city, you I guess you discovered our I, show. I, the, yeah. The radio show, right? Yeah, I was coming here since 2006. I was, I, okay. I was spending a lot of time here since 2006. I didn't move here solid till 10. But, yes, I discovered your show uh, pretty much right away because I love sports talk radio. I'm a Philadelphia guy, and I kind of grew up mm -hmm. on it. And uh, and I hated you because you, 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 you know, you were – Cowboys fan and all that, but then you sure. came down on Romo, and that's when I knew. I'm like, I love this guy. He hates Romo. <laughs> hated Romo. Hated him. I couldn't stand him. I wanted him gone. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. tell you a quick story. I don't think I've ever told you this. So, so Martin is emailing me back and forth, and I had never met him. He's just a guy that emails me from time to time. You know, once every couple of weeks or whatever. And we're just shooting the shit, talking Eagles or Cowboys or Romo or whatever. And it was fine. I have a lot of emailers that I've had years long email threads with guys I've never even met that have emailed me for years. And so Martin and I are just emailing. It's all fine and dandy. And then one day I think you said something like, Hey, I won't be able to listen to the show for about six weeks or eight weeks. Cause I'm going to be on tour. Huh? Okay. What does he mean on tour? So of course I'm, I reply, what do you mean you're on tour? And then you write something along the lines of, I'm going to be touring with Soundgarden. I work with Soundgarden. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. See, we had a good thing going. He seems like a cool guy. We're just shooting this shit. Now he's going to lie to me and tell me he's going on tour with Soundgarden. Why are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we reaching? And so I decided, all right, I'm going to test this dude. So I reply, oh, that's cool. Send me a shirt. Do you remember sending me, and you sent Dingus a shirt too, as I recall, from the tour in Australia. Do you remember that? Man, see, I don't remember it like quite like that. I do remember um you had brought up I was you were doing telling about your morning and how you were yeah. in the 7-Eleven and you had your, your Soundgarden shirt on and I was like, "Whoa, he likes Soundgarden." I'm like, "That's, you know, awesome." And uh, I was just getting to know your your show at this point and I was like, "Yeah." You know, I I remember emailing you back and forth and then yeah I, I i think i do remember getting you this the shirts or maybe some drumsticks or something and sending them i i don't, I don't know how that worked but i do yeah, remember yeah, yeah. you were testing me a little bit but i you know i i don't know <laughs> that i realized you were testing me i was i was gonna make good man because i i dug and you did I was like, 
let's get this guy some swag, you know? Dude, and all of a sudden I get this t-shirt. It was I think you were in Adelaide, Australia. I'm like, holy shit, this guy really is touring with Soundgarden. Then we, we that's when our relationship really took off. Not not that I wouldn't be your buddy otherwise, but it is kind of cool that you were working for that yeah, band, you know. I understand. No. Yeah. No, no. So it was cool. And then I, that just and I think it made our relationship. Then we, we actually started becoming like legit friends and scheduled to we had breakfast or some shit or lunch or one day. We had breakfast. Really cool. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then all of a sudden it was like, okay, this guy is kind of cool. And so we've known each other all these years. And I have just kind of lived vicariously through Martin because of the stuff he has done. Okay, I'm gonna roll some bands off here. And these are these are bands that Martin has either worked with as a sound engineer or played with or so played with the band called courtyard hounds which i saw you guys at acl handful of years ago um that was pretty cool but you've worked with okay i'm gonna i'm gonna roll off the top of my head here r kelly <laughs> which is a that become that's become a bit of a punchline <laughs> obviously soundgarden yeah. um uh you you didn't you do the page and plant tour when they toured together right yeah okay Absolutely. you yeah. you did, did didn't you do hell freezes over with the eagles absolutely okay nora jones more recently in recent years and okay madonna right madonna at some point oh yeah okay yeah Jesus, madonna 2001 drought drowned world Drowned world tour she'd been off for about eight years hadn't toured and she came yeah. back 2001 I, I spent 9 11 with madonna had, had an incredible uh experience with her yeah all right cool so who am i missing that's like mega mega um you know billy joel, billy uh, joel. joe cocker tina tina oh. turner Shit. um black crows um, I don't know. Uh, Mariah Carey, Cher. <laughs> wow. Good Lord, man. Uh, Ariana, uh, uh, Ariana Grande. Okay. That's huge. I mean, God almighty. Didn't you go down to like, um, God, you went to like some random, some weird ass. Was it Guy Guyana, Guyana with R Kelly down to South yeah. America one time. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, let's, was that South America or Africa? Oh God, I don't remember now. I guess Somewhere Guyana, weird. Guyana. No, you're right. Guyana is South America, but I did yeah. Africa with R. Kelly too, which was pretty much everything I ever did with R. Kelly was pretty wild, but um, yeah, paid really, really great. <laughs> no, I remember you sending me. You were in your hotel one morning, and you recorded the the call to prayer, and I thought, holy shit, that's uh, that's. That's weird. Oh, Where were you then? I think that was in I think that was in uh Turkey with Soundgarden. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was so crazy to hear that. All right, so there's the in, setup. In, in yeah, in Istanbul. Okay, cool. So, dude, what a life you've had, man. So, here's what we want tonight in our time together. We want war stories cuz when I say R Kelly, everybody that's watching automatically thinks, oh, "Fuck." Whoa, R. Kelly's he's locked up and he's probably gonna stay locked up for a long time because he was a weirdo. All right, and I don't want you to like get sued or anything here, man. So 
how how weird was working with R. Kelly at the time before all this was like out? Did you get the sense that he was crazy? Uh, no. Um, okay. Here's the thing: like, I didn't, I, I didn't know diddly squat about R. Kelly except from a very peripheral vision that he, you know, what he was alleged to have done. Uh, mm -hmm. with his urination things and stuff. And, um, but I was, I mean, I didn't know anything about the music. Um, I, it's not the kind of music I listen to, uh, whatever, but as so often I find out when I go work for these bands, actually I do know their music because he had a lot of hits and, yeah. um, whether, you know, you know, you, you just get the, you just know those hits. And the guy was super hardworking, um, very talented, didn't sleep. Um, when, you, when you thought about it and you got close to him, yeah, you could see he, 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 a little creepy, you know, the way he was, the way he, you know, he had a lot of, a lot of, um, people around that he would keep sequestered um you know at, on that particular tour i did the front of house sound mm -hmm. so i was mixing what everybody you know hears out in the arena so i had my little uh, cage out and thing and um man he brought the crowds it was it was unbelievable he put on a great show he he worked hard um but I, I went in his dressing room one night. He called me in there, and uh, he was dressed up with a, you know, like a white felt suit with a hat, top hat like Abe Lincoln, with a cane, and his whole crew of dancers and and uh, uh, a, a band in his room, and he's just pontificating and holding court. And I'm, you know, I'm. A, the only Caucasian in there, you know. <laughs> I was pretty yeah. much one of the only Caucasians on the whole tour, and I never thought about that much. But when I was in his dressing room that time, I thought about it. Mm -hmm. And right then and there, and this is one of one of many dressing room stories I could tell you about Robert. Right then and there, he told me he told all his people, "Y'all see this white mf'er right here." This white MF works his ass off. That's why none of you MFers ever going to make, you know, I, and he started tearing them down and saying about how great a worker I was. And I'm a white MFer who works and gets out of bed and goes to work. And all. it was bizarre. man. Wow. Bizarre. So who were these people he was, yeah. he was degrading while using you as the example of how to do it? Who, who just other crew members, his, his dancers, his band, uh, all his uh, entourage, not one Caucasian in there. Was... <laughs> and you're like, you're like, how tall are you? Aren't you like six four? You're not a short dude. Yes, yeah, I'm six four. He's tall too. He's he's actually yeah. about almost my height. Um, yeah. Super fit guy. Actually, could have could have. His choice was either music or or basketball. 
coming yeah. off coming off the Chicago streets, but talented guy. Um, but sad and 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 uh, unfortunate that he decisions that he made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you never saw like young chicks on tour hanging out with him, did you? Or did you? Hanging out with him? No. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. That's, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, I don't want you to, you can share whatever you want, man. This is your platform here. So anyhow, this is Martin Strayer, a well, buddy of mine who has worked with a shit ton of musicians over the years who've worked with R. Kelly and yeah. His time with I R. Mean, Kelly literally sounds like my college basketball career, <laughs> like being the six foot four, only white dude in the room, except Marty's the hard worker. And I was the one that was getting chewed out saying, uh, you lazy as hell. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's same, but different. Right. Understand. So dude, how do you, when you work with that many bands, like for most of us, we're not around bands like that. Obviously you've been doing this for a long, long time, but like, was there like a grace period for you where you had to like come to grips with holy shit, that's Robert Plant, or like, did you, I'm sure you had some holy shit moments early in your career. And how did you like get through that to where you are just working and these are just human beings and not fake people that you see on TV or here on the radio? That's a great question. Interestingly enough, I think one of the reasons there's there's a couple of reasons why I was able to be successful and also be successful and get to a high position pretty quickly at a young age. And one of them was because I didn't get starstruck. I was able to communicate with these artists because mm -hmm. Another reason, I was a musician. Um, my mom forced me to play piano at an early age, and I I hated doing that. I wanted to be outside, you know, playing baseball and football, and you know. Mm -hmm. And she said, "You'll thank me someday," and and I certainly do because she, you know, that gave me this foundation, and I, I fell in love with music. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and I was able to communicate with people. So I never really, I mean, certainly when you. Look, when I was when I went to Page and Plant, I, I had been on the um, the Hell Freezes Over tour for almost a year, and then they they pulled me and said, "You're going to Page and Plant," and I didn't even understand what Page and Plant was like until I got into rehearsals and I saw this, and I'm like, "Dude, that's Led Zeppelin." <laughs> yeah. Then I was like, "Holy!" What the hell did you think it was? Like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't put two and two together, man. I mean, I, yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. like I was only 24. I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't, but, but, you know, then I was like, holy shit, that's freaking Led Zeppelin. That's incredible. And I, and I was just stoked to be around that powerful force of music. Wow. Um, I think, yeah, I think, you know, I, Billy Joel was my first big tour and I was super young, uh, you know, 20, 21. And, he was an icon uh, growing up in Philly. You know, he was yeah. a real Philadelphia helped make make his career, and he was a mainstay on our radio stations and stuff. And uh, but he was so everybody was so friendly, and I I don't know the the, I, the starstruck thing. I was able to get over and able to communicate with these artists and these musicians and the bands, and it really helped propel my career. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I've never had, I, I'm the same. It's funny because I've been covering ball players. You know, I, I was a reporter for years before I started getting lazy and doing talk. Mm-hmm. And I was the same other than like maybe Michael Jordan mm-hmm. or Shaq. I've never, I've always, I've never had this weird thing around ball players. How do you talk? To, how do you go in there and ask Dirk Nowitzki questions? I don't know. I've just been able to just shoot the shit with people. I never had that around mm-hmm. ball players, so I, I can kind of relate to that. Now, I wasn't directly working with these people. I was covering them as a reporter, but I was never nervous to go into the room and ask questions and, 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 and you know, shoot the shit and whatever. And you just, I guess you kind of have to have that to make that kind of career work, I suppose. So I'm, I guess it's kind of relatable. So tell me mm-hmm. about a moment where you, it was, it was it Page and Plant where you were like, holy fuck, where you had to like, Take a moment and I'll tell you that uh, really the only moment, I mean, I, I became very, um, I got very used to it. I was thrust into so many situations with so many big stars. I mean, um, I did a lot of festivals and, and uh, benefit shows where one star after another does three or four songs and I've got, I've got them, I'm responsible for them on my console, you know, mm-hmm. mixing them on their stage and just these people coming through. I just got a little immune to it. Um, but I, I did get a call and this was in 2009 um, the production manager uh, who I had a relationship who I worked with on R. Kelly and a guy named Steve Jermowski, great guy. He's currently production manager for Pearl Jam and um, uh, Eddie's thing right now. And uh, he's giving me, Hey, uh, you know, I got this thing. It's, it, it starts up at the beginning of the year and, you know, we need you. It's, it's not working out with this other guy. And would you be interested mm-hmm. in doing it? We you know New Zealand, Australia, and then more. I'm like, well, who is it? You know? And he says, mm-hmm. uh, Soundguard. And I was like, I'll be there. And then, <laughs> and then I remember. Yeah. That's our shit uh, for that. That's our shit. That's my shit. And then I'm, I'm at rehearsals for that uh, in Auckland, New Zealand on stage. And I turned to my tech after about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes of it. And I was overwhelmed and I'm trying to just make it awesome for the guys and the band. And I'm on the stadium and they're just blasting Soundgarden. I, I turned to my tech who's, you know, helps me take care of everything. And I go, I go, dude, this fucking sound garden. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Right. I know. Like a little kid. And he was like, yes. I'm like, yes. Dude. God, so that, that reminds was, uh, me. Yeah. That reminds me. So I was living in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And again, this is from a guy I don't get. I, I'm the same. I'm ball players. I'm not in awe of no one. I'm fine. I'm. I do a. I do a talk show. I'm. I'm not. I'm not in awe of anybody. Blah blah blah, dude. So, do you remember you guys having to tell me to calm down on the stage because I was dancing a little bit too hard? And one of your guys was like, "Hey, dude, you can't be doing that up here. I need you to calm. Down. Be still." That was my fault. I had. I was about five uh. beers in. We had driven all the way down from Green Bay in a snowstorm because I went to go because Martin got me hooked up with tickets to go see Soundgarden when they were in Milwaukee. 
and we met for dinner yeah. before the show. I was totally sober, but by two thirds through the show, you had texted me, come on up to the stage. And dude, I was sloshed by then. And I get up there. I don't and, remember I mean, you getting No, I was on the stage dancing. I was rocking out, man. And I guess I was jumping up and down and I forgot that I'm on the stage and shit. I wasn't distracting the band, but I think I might have, I might have distracted one of the guys in the crew who's like, Hey man, it's cool, but need you to calm down a little bit. Cause I just, I got wrapped up and Holy shit. I am watching Soundgarden on the stage and Chris is 50 feet from me. And I just kind of, I kind of got lost in Holy shit. This is Soundgarden. You don't remember. I don't know who the guy was. He was really cool about it, but I felt, I felt bad. But that was that was a weird. I saw that was just a moment where, and I'll never forget that man, because that was a band that I, that's my shit. I'm 47. I I, I came up with that that late 80s, early 90s rock scene out of Seattle, and that's one of those iconic bands. And here I am, some dumbass kid from where I grew up, and here I'm in Milwaukee watching this band <laughs> up close, and so I got a little carried away too. So it was hard not to. Yeah, it's hard not to. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, that was a ask, fond memory. I remember you had Chris's mix in. I gave you Chris's mix. You were listening to Chris's you did. mix. Correct. And I had, I was thrilled for you to be there and, and have a great time. I don't remember anyone. Um, <laughs> uh, you certainly didn't cause me any problems. They were probably you were working, doing their job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it's okay. It's all good. I felt it was all good. It wasn't like it was that big a deal. They're like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's a rock show. You're supposed to rock out, but you just can't do it up here. Like, that's all good, man. I just, I got, I got wrapped up in that. So, all right. So you remember the haunted garden. basement? What's that? The haunted basement of that place? Yes. That place was amazing. That place was insane. Creepy. Very creepy. I got led through that bottom part. It's an old ass building in Milwaukee. It looks like an old warehouse. They turned into a concert venue and underneath it was, I don't know how old the damn building was, but underneath it was supposedly haunted or whatever. And I got to go down there before the show. It was creepy pool. as shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Super creepy. The whole venue was weird. It's a strange night. It was yeah. a cool night. It was, very, it was a very rock and roll <laughs> kind of music night, man. Totally. All right. So totally. and everybody, everyone that's watching this knows obviously who Soundgarden is. I don't want to say was, cause I'm not sure what the status of that band even is at this point. I mean, obviously you worked with them. I don't want to bring you the room down here, but we just had, I think the anniversary not long ago. Of Chris's death, I, I want to say. Not, I think I texted you that day. I want to say, obviously, you were you uh, guys wrong for in Detroit. I think was it Detroit? Was it, was it Detroit? Would you? What was that like? What was that night like for you? If you don't mind telling us about that night where Chris where Chris died. Well, it was a great day um you know it had been a we were about two and a half weeks into a five-week run in the states playing big festivals and theaters in between and you know um just an awesome it's always awesome touring with those guys and big family uh we had had great shows up till then we had had we had a great rehearsal time and in, in uh in florida and 
Um, the only there was, yeah, there was some things going on that weren't very that weren't typical of my experience with um, the band, and okay. um, the 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 main the main thing was that Chris was having issues with his um, monitors, you know, and he would come over and be like, it's not working, you know, these things right here, these in-ears. Yeah. And you have yeah. a little pack you listen to. And he'd come over to me and, and complain that they weren't working. And I go over and be like, dude, you didn't turn it on. It wasn't <laughs> on. Okay. And I'd be uh, like, okay, okay. Then he go do do his thing. Okay, whatever. And then um so we did in Detroit uh do the sound check, super long sound check, old theater, um uh the fox. And uh, I yeah. Great sound check, just one song after another, blasting through. He's happy, smiling. Uh, the band's in a great mood. They're just jamming. And um, after the sound check comes over, gives him, give him a big hug like he usually did. I was like, sounds killer, man. You know, it's awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Great. We're going to have a great show. Goes back um, to his dressing room or whatever, and we all do our thing. And opening act does their thing, and it's showtime. And Chris comes out and immediately was just like looking over at me, like my pack's not working or whatever. And mm. it's not working, you know, what the fuck? So I go out there and once again, wasn't turned on. I turn it on, oh. switch out. I mean, it's just like this whole, it was just like this weird, <laughs> weird shit going on. Hmm. Well, the show goes on. He comes over um, to the side of the stage. He had gotten irritated with his guitar tech, and um, was he was on the same side of the stage as me. And he came over, and he was giving him all. And, and then he looked at me, and he's like, "Man, you gotta fix this fucking shit." You know, like just totally. He never spoke to me like that. Very wow. out of character. And it. Bummed me out, man, because Chris was yeah. my bro, man. Yeah. You know, I lived to make that guy happy with his sound. And um yeah. and I knew the sound was good. And I don't know what I don't know what the fuck was going on. So I'm like, man, I gotta figure this out. Uh, and the show ended. He seemed happy enough after the show. He walked off. He 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 wasn't screaming at me anymore, handed me the his stuff, you know, and went up the ramp, got in his car and Headed out. We loaded out, got on the bus, and uh, we had a day off in Columbus. So we were psyched about that, and uh, it wasn't a very long ride. So usually on those short rides, you, you know, I always try to stay up so I can get up and get in my hotel room at like, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, four in the morning. Yeah. Instead of sleeping on the bus. So I was staying up watching a movie with with uh, the drum tech, Matt Cameron's tech, and everyone else was asleep. 
And I always, I'll never forget this because I thought it was funny that this guy had never seen Mad Max. And I'm like, dude, and he's younger than me, you know. And I'm yeah. Like, I've never seen Mad Max. So we're watching Mad, Mad Max and really digging it, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, my buddy in the, in the middle of the bunk area comes out and he's on his phone. He's like, and he's the tour. He's basically the accountant and the, and the front of house mixer and the, the tour manager. He's been with Chris forever. Mm-hmm. And um, he's on the phone. He's like, what are you? And he's, and then he hangs up the phone and he, and he turns to us and he goes, he's gone. He's gone. He's dead. He's gone. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, who, who? Chris, Chris, he's gone. He's dead. He's gone. Um, and and me and, and the drum tech were just like, what? Incomprehensible. Absolutely not. No chance. What are you talking about? And then he, he goes on to explain apparently he uh, well, information started to trickle in, you know. Slowly, yeah, yeah, but yeah. That was he. <clears throat> Yeah, but he was—he had been on the phone with Chris's wife at that point, and uh, that information trickled in, and and um, we were—it was torture because we're sitting on that bus. We had about an hour and a half left to get to Columbus, and oh. really early, you know, three thirty in the morning. We have no—we're speculating. We don't know what happened. We're like, did he? Because I, I was like, I'm pretty sure he, he went. To Columbus too. Maybe he got did he get in a car accident? Oh, no, or did he go back to his hotel? Was he gonna fly to Columbus? Because usually he liked to get to where he was going. Yeah. So we just had no idea what the fuck was going on. Hmm. And that was torture, man. Torture. And not believing it. Um get to Columbus. Uh find out more stuff on the bus and that it was real and it's been reported and we're, we're just dumbfounded. I mean, we're just speechless. We're just shocked. We're, we're crushed. Um, nothing I would ever re- want anyone to ever go through, man. It, it, um, it was a surreal moment, man. And I, and I told, and I called my wife the next, or I texted her. I said, look, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need a couple of days before I come home just to, stick with my crew here and you know process this and and they were the guys were great about it we went right to a um a big conference room in columbus at the hotel and we all just gathered there and matt and kim and ben and all just kind of i mean we, we were all so freaked out and fried it was just like let's just gather and process and and, and just address like let's just acknowledge it <sighs> You know, yeah, it's heavy, dude. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Matt, Ben, Chris, but, being uh, Matt, Ben, and Kim being the other members of the band. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable because that whole thing was just so fucking crazy. Because obviously, I didn't know him. I was just a fan of the band. You knew the guy, but they had mm-hmm. they had reconciled. You know, guys that had their own issues. You know, I think uh, Kim had had some issues personally for years that I read about, and he had gotten himself together, and everybody was older and had had kids now and families, and the band rekindles, and they they make a new. Not only not only do they get back together after I thought no, most fans thought they never would. They get back together, 
and they make a new record and it's a great record and they're touring and everything just seems great. And all of a sudden, then that yeah. just happens. You think that that was going to happen. It would happen when they had broken up or they were going through some shitty times, but they were all fine. That's the craziest part about that. I know. I know. Well, I'm sorry. Yep, I, mean, I, think- I had to ask you about this, man. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it, man. It's a huge part of my life. Um, it really changed things for me, honestly. Uh, it made me be like, uh, there's a lot more important stuff in this world. Like he, he had two kids, you know, um, mm-hmm. who, oh, three kids. He loved yeah. his kids, man. Something made him snap, you know, <clears throat> he was just like, okay, F it, you know, and I don't know what that was, but that's my take on it because he loved life. He loved his band. He loved playing music for people. And it was, it, it crushed me, man. It crushed all of us, but it changed me. It made me understand, man, my family, like, I just got to take care of my family. I, I don't, I don't know. It was, I, I was, up until that point, I think I was always like, I got to work. I, I, I got to work. I loved my job. I love working. I love traveling. I love touring. But at that, yeah. after that, I was like, everything became, everything except my family became less important. Yeah. Bizarrely. It, it just really changed me, man. I never had, and I felt terrible for so long. And I still feel terrible about how the, the last, Basically, the last time we spoke was just sucked, you know, and because we we never had he, he we never had anything but love, man. Yeah, like that guy would come off huge stadium shows. I'll remember it, the first one in Australia after we had done a couple of shows, and he would come up and talk to me and just try to. He was really particular about his sound and how, you know, here's here's what I need. This this this. Can we talk about this? What do you think about this? Can you compression here you know little reverb delay you know I, I he made me feel like i was the fifth member of the band and because i really mixed for him you know just giving them yeah. delays and uh it, it was awesome it was so fun i'll never forget about the third or fourth show that i had done with him and we were down on that australia run and he just came off the stage and he i thought he was going to come yell at me but he just was coming for me and he just embraced me all sweaty, oh, wow. and, you know, and just was like, it sounds fucking killer, man, you know, cool. and I, I, my heart just filled up. And, and then he did that all the time for, for yeah. 10 years, dude. All right. We'll yeah. spin out of this, man. I don't want to, I don't want to beat you down all night all right. with this. This is, this is Martin Strayer. He is a no, San Antonio, San Antonio based producer, engineer, songwriter. He's also a partner with Southerly Hot South, a badass comfort food, dare I say, restaurant up in the rim in San Antonio, Texas, which I have eaten and consumed way too many fucking calories the time I went in there. Uh, dude, I went in there and had the biscuits and the chicken, and I was—I didn't eat for—I didn't eat again. I ate like at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, probably. You weren't in town that day, unfortunately. I didn't eat again until the next oh, day. I, I, got, I got filled up in there. But anyway, so... 
I get my next question. Oh, look at that. Pictures of the restaurant. That's badass. So nice. Any, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, I have to ask. So a guy from Philadelphia who works with every major, it seems, band and artist in the country should be living in L.A. or living in New York or London or some shit. How do you wind up? I think I know part of this answer, but I'll, for the for the listeners and the viewers, how do you wind up living in my my adopted home city of San Antonio? That's a great question. Well, um, <laughs> you're right. Uh, I certainly I spent a lot of time in, in Los Angeles most of my career. Uh, yeah. After Philadelphia, I realized I realized that was you know a great it's the mecca. And you're right, uh, Los Angeles, New York, or London, that's where you need to be. I, you know, Austin, Nashville. But, uh, you know, I met an incredible woman <laughs> who was from San Antonio. <laughs> and she, uh, you know, we became very, very close and, um, and then ended up um, having a beautiful child together. And at that point, um, uh, when I found out she was pregnant, which actually I was in um, Gulf Coast, Australia at the time with Soundgarden when I found that out. Really? Uh, okay, that she cool. She was pregnant. No. I moved. Uh, I moved from Los Angeles to San Antonio, and and that's my beautiful wife. Uh, we got married, and um, I met her. Um, uh, on tour myself. And, and that's another band that I work with. Um, the chicks. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, Martin's wife is the great Emily. Uh, I think Dallas Rays, but lives in San Antonio for a long, long time. That's right. That's yeah, yeah. right. Dallas Rays green, green Hill. I think she went to high school. And, I, thought about, I was yeah, thinking it was Ursuline. Is it green Hill Academy? Something like that. Okay. All right. Green Hill, I think it's called. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, Super. so Marty's wife is a member of formerly the Dixie Chicks. I'm still trying to get that out of my That's mouth. That's right. Just the chicks. I now. know it's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. that that's 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 part of that story too. I have met your daughter. It's been a long time. Mm -hmm. My kids have swam with your mm -hmm. kid at a pool one time at my apartment sure. one time. Oh, a yeah. long time ago. Okay. Absolutely. So just like most guys that wind up living in a town they're not from, you followed a chick. That's how that's how it winds up. That's so are you San Antonio for good? That's it. We're gonna we're gonna die here and ashes are gonna be spread here. Is lifelong Texan? That's it. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I think so. I don't know about ashes being spread here, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I love, I've, I've learned to love it here. You know, it's, it's interesting. My first time in Texas, I'll never forget. It's 1990. I'm 20 years old. Okay. Uh, I pull off on a bus. I'm with Peter Frampton. Okay. And we, okay. We, the bus pulls up to, uh, <laughs> Uh, what was the venue out in Austin that was out? It was uh, uh, my, South my Park sister Meadows. in law lives out South, South Park. No, no, it was the other. It was uh, I did that too, I, but that was later. Um, uh, South Park Meadows was Kyle now, right? Or yeah, pretty much. Anyway, pretty much South Park South. This, venue, this uh. I'll think of it, but no, it's in Austin. It's up in like B cave area. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
famous venue. Uh, I can't remember. They, they turned it all into strip malls now. But famous venue. I did it with Joe Cocker. I did it with uh, Peter Frampton. I, I've done it a bunch of times. Jesus but the first Christ. time I did it, the first time I did it, I get off the bus and I'm out there. And it's 1990, right? Yeah. And I get off the bus and I'm like, damn. I'm like, this is Texas, man. Because it was like <laughs> prairie and yeah. bumbleweeds and, you know, those oak trees they have and the heat. And it's like <laughs> six in the morning. And I'm like, God damn. 98 degrees. Yeah. 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 And that was Austin. But I, I never thought I'd live in Texas. Uh, I wasn't ever not. a huge fan of, of, of Dallas or, of, you know, or any of the big cities. But let me tell you something. I've come to love San Antonio. I love the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love it. And uh, great people, great, great culture and friends. And um, people are nice to each other and great neighborhoods. And, you know. Listen, Taylor, I think you're one of my first friends here. Uh, I started emailing you because I was at odds with your fandom and your, uh, but at the same time, I think I was agreeing with you and I liked your humor and you were a unique um, sports talk guy that I grew up on sports talk. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I consider myself a sports talk aficionado coming from Philadelphia okay. and yeah, oh, Sandals, big time. Oh, all oh, you like, Yankees, guy, y'all know what sports talk is. That's real sports talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got your own, you got to, you, a great brand you've built. And I appreciate our friendship and, and you, um, you, know. you opening up to it and being, being available. Thank you, man. I appreciate that very much. I didn't mean to keep you so damn long, but I mean, I just, I hey, wanted, I, hey, I knew time, you had, I, I knew you had the goods, dude. Well, I got plenty, plenty more goods, and happy to talk about uh, all kinds of stuff anytime. You need right, a, cool. a, a consultant. Hey, Marty, well, real quick before you take ahead, off, man. As someone who frequently fucks up on a soundboard and has uh, mixing issues and can't get the right feeds in people's ears, I got to know what's the what's the biggest meltdown you've had behind a board at a live show like that. Oh, that's a good one. Now, I've had several. However, the biggest meltdowns have occurred since the digital boards have come into play. Makes sense. I I did a show. Every now and then I'll, I'll get a call where I need to go substitute for somebody. And um, I'll take you know the digital age now you can take their file you know that you got the file and you basically just go in there and and mix on the other guy's file and um i did this this big huge outdoor festival for the for the uh um the ncaa final four was in indianapolis that year the band was i don't even remember the who the band was big kind of a uh not a band I had ever heard of, but they were huge, um, like techno dance band or whatever. Um, and the first song, and we did rehearsals, everything went great. I bet Puma knows but this the band. first song, uh, I got to think of it. It's, it's on the top tip of my tongue. Uh, the first song, the whole freaking 
my console completely locks up and will not do anything or make any very first song. I, I actually so literally I went there. through that today or like every, just everything just <laughs> did. Like 30 seconds before we go live and everything's just locked. It's done. Won't work. Yeah. 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 So I didn't want to touch anything and I just, and nobody seemed to be complaining. <laughs> I literally, uh, they got through it. Anybody that looked over, that's another trick for the, the monitor guy when the band band members look over and you just kind of like act like you're turning a knob and nod your head and like give encouragement. <laughs> yes. yeah. I do that yeah. Monday through Friday. I just yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let me uh let me adjust this and yeah, okay, now you're good, Mike. You're good. Or Michael asked me, do I sound weird today? And I'm like, hold on, uh here, let me let me test this. Uh all right, try it now. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fixed it. All right, perfect. You literally just <laughs> you a random knob. <laughs> It's the Jedi. It's the Jedi audio guy mind trick. However, it has merit. Um, this particular time, I was completely faking it, but because that thing was locked up. Um, <laughs> wow. But yeah, that that was. And, I, and then I got through it, and then the end of the show, I plug in this little thing at the bottom, and it was just that it was basically the. <laughs> it all went back to work perfectly, but I wasn't going to touch that door in the show. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. God, no. Yeah. All right. I got to since on screw it we're keeping you a little longer. Who hey, I want to know here. I want to know who like who's a big who's I don't God, again I don't want you to say anything you don't want to say. Give us like a guy who's a total shit bag that we would be stunned to know. <laughs> everyone always every, everyone always has that. Um I'll tell you man um just tell us how big of a dick peter frampton was like i, I can see it in your eyes he, I was, can see it. <laughs> he was not he was not that bad you know who who the worst the, the one that always comes to mind and honestly um is robert plant whoa checks out he he was very mean to people. He wasn't particularly mean to me um, at all. In fact, uh, I've never been, uh, I've never really been talked down. To, I mean, that, 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 that deal with Chris, like that was, that was a real thing. Like I've never had big confrontations like that with, and with all the women I've worked for, you know, I always got along with them really well and didn't get too many. I mean, didn't get dressed down like that. Um, uh, but Robert treated people, uh, really, really like puny, man. Like he was, mm. he would, you know, he'd have his shirt off. I'm like, dude, you know, put your shirt on. First of all, you stink. <laughs> yeah. Put the bull shark and, uh, away. We don't need any uh, abuse <laughs> with a, with a dorsal fin. But he, he treated a buddy of mine, man. So he, yeah, he would treat, he just talked people down. He was just miserable. And that was unfortunate, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have too many. I have really people ask me that all the time, and I, I got to make mm -hmm. more notes on that because I mean, I've seen some of the boy bands treat people stupid, like some of the Backstreet Boys guys. Um, no way, <laughs> dude! I'll tell you, I'll tell you a great. Here's a great story. One time, I was uh, doing a festival. It was the 
United We Stand Festival, right after 9-11, there was a huge festival. I don't know if you remember that. In, in mm-hmm. D.C. at RFK Stadium where the uh, wow. Redskins played. And it was Michael Jackson and NSYNC and just tons of artists. And, and I was just in charge of the stage sound. And I had everything organized as best I could. And here comes NSYNC to coming on do their show. I got all their mics laid out on a table right by the monitor desk right before they walk on stage so that i don't know you know i don't know these guys here they come they all grab their mics and they all run out on stage and they start singing doing their thing and they're all like looking at each other all you know like what's going on and then they're and then i see them all like swapping the mics out and i'm like and then they come over to me like what you, you gave us the wrong night mics i'm like your mics had the names on them. They have big, big, big things with their names on them. I don't know who they are. I'm like, come out and grab your mic. Like they just came out and grabbed random mics. Oh, it was hilarious, man. I didn't know those guys, man. It was. Oh, the Michael Jackson knows. If yeah. Guy comes over to me. Says, okay. If Michael Jack, if Michael Jackson runs off to the side of the stage. Don't worry, it's nothing you're doing wrong. His nose probably just fell off. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I'm it happens. Anytime I have like, yeah, to run yeah, out of the room from now on, I'm just going to say, I got to put my nose back on. <laughs> yeah, yeah mate, don't worry. His nose, his nose, he gets a little bit sweaty. His nose falls off. His nose, it's not you, mate. Oh, my God. <laughs> accent just drives it home to it's just yeah, the nose. Just, uh, he'll be right he'll be right it's just a second he's this little schnozzy needs, <laughs> needs a reattachment oh uh, okay so when you're touring with people do you do you do things get back to you like oh my god so-and-so has a giant penis or so-and-so has a tiny <laughs> penis or so-and-so is a criminal or so-and-so's got major drug problems i know you know all that shit too you, you probably wind up hearing things you don't even want to hear things you're like i don't i don't need to hear any of that Right. Oh yeah. No, oh, that's absolutely yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much about the um, <laughs> the the penis, but um, all the other stuff. You made this poor man say the word penis on a live stream. I hope you're proud yeah. of yourself. I am proud of myself. Yeah, I just wanted you to say penis. That's all. <laughs> All right, hey dude. So real, real quickly, how, why are you in the restaurant business? Are you bored? Not like, you got, not like you don't have shit going on. Why'd you get involved with Southerly? Because he supports damn good food. Like, Other than that, delicious. Yeah, you know, we How'd really get wanted going? to get, get. We really wanted to get involved in the community uh, with something uh, investment wise. Other than you know, investing in our our home and. Uh, mm-hmm. We had some great friends and partners, and uh, it just felt right. And but to be honest, um, the biggest reason for me was I, I wanted to get involved. In, I wanted to be invested in the community a little bit more. And um, I love food. Okay. And <laughs> cool. uh, yeah, I, I, I'm ex- I was excited about the um, the possibilities with it, and I believe in it. Um, so. Uh, it's done. It's done great. I mean, considering it opened during, we we had this whole thing going, and the pandemic hits. Jesus. 
So considering it opened during a pandemic, uh, mm-hmm. we've been doing great and uh, made some adjustments. It's hard to find good people. It's been a real, uh, real learning experience, but we're excited about um, the future and uh, we're certainly uh, solvent and doing well uh, despite the pandemic. Good. The rim's a great area and mm-hmm. uh, we look forward to to um, being involved with your barbecue in the couple months right i mean awesome i think you guys i think they're talking about something i haven't something's going on with your people and my people i guess we should get with our people and figure out what what we're doing i think you guys are going to show up at the barbecue this year which i really appreciate man that's really great Mm -hmm. i should probably call and see what that's going to be (laughs) thank you man all right dude so what's next for you musically um what are you doing next you traveling with any more bands what's going on with you Man, you know, I'm about to go into rehearsals with um, uh, the Chicks in April. Uh, April, May, rehearsing in L.A. And okay. um, and then I, I am waiting for the dates to be announced. Uh, mm. But they haven't been. They think, I think that should be any minute now. But, you know, I mentor a lot of kids here. Uh, kids that show promising skills in guitar or singing or songwriting and um so that keeps me busy i'm sitting here in my in my lounge studio where where that all goes on and um that's fun that keeps me busy i'm always writing songs and um trying to stay creative and i miss traveling it's it's been tough i mean uh Pandemic shut it all down, bro. You know, so and, crazy. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, it's uh, it's great to have a nice home and a great family to be with and to support. But um, I'm a I'm a I'm a road dog, man. So yeah, I hope to get back into it. All right, dude. Well, it's so happened. y'all are going out to L.A. to get ready. I guess what the the chicks are going to play Bonnaroo, right, in the summer. That's the. That's the only date that's been announced, but they, sh- yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're going to play Bonnaroo. Uh, yeah. more it's going to be a lot. Okay, cool. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. In support right, of their man. new album. I mean, their new album. Two years later. Lighter, which exactly. Two years. So crazy. So crazy. All right, man. Yeah. I kept you way longer Great than I thought I would. I appreciate that. Your patience hey. and hanging out and shooting the shit with us, man. Anytime Taylor. Anytime Thank you, brother. I love you hard. Right. And, um, love you harder. Appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Right. I'll be rooting for Jalen Hurts next year. Thanks, man. See you Oof. later. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Marty. <laughs> yeah, that face, that says enough. Exactly. <laughs> He's a Texan. All right. Thanks, dude. Golly, that's my buddy, Martin. Good dude. That's a true story, by the way. Like he's like I, he's like, hey man, I won't be able to listen to the show for a while. I'm going to be on tour. Oh, okay. You're going to be on tour with who? Oh, I, I work with Soundgarden. Ah, oh, fuck. All right, see, we were rolling. Our friendship was doing well. We're emailing back and forth. You seem like a decent guy. Now you're going to hit me with this bullshit lie. And, of course, not only has he worked with Soundgarden, he basically he ran all their stuff and was, as he said, like the fifth member of that band. And, I'll, and I remember I, I, got, I, was, I was living in Austin the morning that I found out that Chris Cornell had, had killed himself in Detroit. And my first thought was, oh, my God, Marty's up there. 
and I, it was like six. It was like probably five o'clock in the morning because we were on the air at six o'clock in the morning doing the morning show. And I thought, I don't, should I reach out to him? I, and I, I thought, fuck it. I went ahead and texted him. I'm, I basically it was really short, man. Oh my god, I'm so sorry to hear that. And then I didn't hear a reply for like two hours. And finally, he just replied. I just he was just in shock and couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, no, no one ever really, you don't see a guy committing suicide. None, rarely, it, that always happens. I never even saw, I never even knew he was upset. They had rekindled, their, they had reconciled, they had gotten back together. They had made a really great rock record, which, and I'm not saying that to kiss Marty's ass. That was a great record. I loved that record called King Animal was the name of that record. Really good record. And we're on tour and everything was great. And then that happened and just fucked up. And they, they finally get back together and just completely fuck something derails their band. All right. So let me read me reset here. Uh, it is Thunderdome live. That's my buddy, Martin, who probably, I told you he's, he's played and worked with more bands and artists than anybody. in just about, certainly in San Antonio and hell, he probably yeah. rival anybody in Austin for sure. He he's forgot, done everything. He forgot about the time he worked with Frampton when he was 20. <laughs> like, right. Oh yeah. And Joe like, Cocker. Oh, yeah, I yeah. was on the bus. Who was it? Uh, oh yeah. It was Frampton. And we were in, B, we were out in B cave out in Austin. <laughs> like, right. That's so fucking cr- insane. Dude, that dude's lived the life that all of us like have wet dreams about living, you know, doing shit like that. It's funny. Cause and he loves sports talk radio guys in music always like talk radio guys and then talk radio guys and media guys always pretend that they're rock stars. It's so crazy. how Oh, he was totally Sal in South Philly calling in, complaining about Randall Cunningham's performance. Oh, on for Monday sure. Night Absolutely. Yeah. He's running all, he's running all over the damn field and doing Sometimes nothing. You got to stay yeah. in the pocket. You just got to stay in the pocket. You got to know when to stay in the pocket. You can't just start running. That's right. All right. If you want to support this show and keep us afloat, because we need all the help we can get to keep the production going. Um, hey, speaking of penis, did y'all talk about the skier that froze his penis off? Yeah, hang on. I'm trying to get money here for our endeavor so you can get a different beanie cab. You wear the same one every week. Let's see. Ah, support Thunderdome Live by broke. going to buymeacoffee.com slash Thunderdome Live. Comment. And please subscribe. And like this thing, because we really want to make this thing cook. And I, I just thought Marty would have some really good stories to tell. And, I mean, I, I can talk tunes. We can, I'm going to try to go get more guys on, like band, like music guys. You cool with that, dude? Like talking to musicians and shit oh, like that? I think that. that's a great I, I mean, I can uh, I get a hard on thinking about talking to bands and stuff. Dude, some of those guys that I worked with at Aztec, I mean, we would, you know, after a show – I would just sit there and let, I mean, just let them tell me stories for, you know, yeah. two, three hours of all the different people well, that had come through there. And the ones, you know, like some of, you know, like, uh, you hear a story about George Clinton and P funk and you're like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I expected. Or then you hear a story about like a Mona Marth and it's like, Oh no, they were the most perfect gentleman ever. Everyone was so polite. Like it, you never know. Right. It's always interesting to see behind the curtain. Cause you have this stereotype or projection in your own head. You know, it's a death metal band from Europe. They're probably insane. You know, drink goat's milk or goat's blood before the show. <laughs> titty milk. Yeah. Exactly. Cambodian breast milk. And then, uh, and then it turns out they're, you know, normal dudes that drink tea right before they go on. 
It, you notice my boy, he blew right through your dorsal fin comment. He was not going to go there. not stopping down. Not stopping no, down. No, he, he was he not going to allow He knows too much to about the bull shark. <laughs> That's all. Uh, sometimes you give yourself away by just ignoring. Yeah, and what was the story that they penetrated a young girl okay. in Dallas? Weren't they in Dallas? I don't think we need. I thought it was. Zeppelin was in a hotel in Dallas. Uh, was it and Dallas? They took the fin of a dors- of the fin of a shark, and they used it to. They used it to probe a young woman groupie who they had brought up to the hotel. Consensual That's a legendary probing. story. Uh, yes. According and to all parties involved. Even though that she is was unfortunate to hear that Bobby Plant that is an, I was, I, that is unfortunate to hear that Bobby Plant was a piece was an asshole. That's not surprising. But still, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's I mean, it's it's like uh you like Roger Waters. Like I don't think he's fun to have a beer with. God, like, I no. think and, and Robert uh, Plant wouldn't expected. be either. Just, oh, yeah. How you doing? Oh, my beer. I don't drink Bud Light. Oh, could you have anything? You have anything else? You, know, you could see Robert Plant a being a lot of an dick asshole. marks in, in oh, that personality. A whole bunch of dick marks. Whole bunch of dick marks. All right. So yeah, I mean, I, this show is just gonna. We don't get. We're, I want this to be like the radio show. I get. We can talk sport or whatever the fuck comes down the deal, you know. And I don't. We don't have, I don't want to, we don't always have to have a guest, but the guest needs to bring something. And I thought that dude would, and he, he totally did. That, I that mean, that's a, cool. I mean, where else are you going to, like, I mean, you're not. Yeah. Like that no. unique perspective is fucking insane. And, and yeah, I mean, great, great content. I mean, yeah, we might like, I, I might like my buddy from the Aztec that if he ever comes on, like, he's not going to have that level. Like he's going to have some good stories, but like that, yeah, that yeah. close perspective. I mean that like his Marty's brushes with greatness from, and I mean, like he said, when he told like that first story, he was like, Oh, I was 20. Like a dude's got. It's insane. Years of those stories well, just bottled up. And the reason he was 20 years old and running fucking Robert plants tour is because he's, and he's real humble. He's a good dude. He's the goat of what he does. Sure seems like it. Yeah, because he's like, well, sometimes I get called in to have to, like, replace guys. That's because they want the goat. I love the the idea, though, that the goat was running sound for, like, Bass Nectar or fucking Wolfgang Gartner or something outside of the final four. And he was just like, these fucking fucking dubstep kids aren't going to know the difference. I'm just going to let it go and see what happens. Fuck them. them. No one complained. He he was at the Super Bowl one year, I think. And one of the bands, one of the guys that was playing before the Super Bowl, I think it was the one maybe, oh God, I think Seattle, Denver, maybe, wherever that Super Bowl was. And he was there with Soundgarden, but because he's the goat, they're like, hey, man, can you help us over here with our guy, Pharrell? And Marty's like, sure, that's cool. I'll go help run Pharrell's set. And I got a text saying Pharrell sucks, and everything he does is lip-synced, and he didn't sing a lick on his own. That that was was disappointing. Very unfortunate. I was wondering where the sound effects went tonight. The LG, did you cut off the sound effects for people that, like, subscribe and stuff because he was telling that real sad story? Yeah, Yeah, I cut off. I, I just muted them when people are uh, when the guests are on, so it wouldn't interrupt the interviews. But then I oh, okay, cool. Everyone's complaining about how long and loud the grito was, so I just changed it to what you just heard, which was very interesting. Oh, was that, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, was cool. that well, like a generic Mario it was, collects a coin? It, it was Sonic getting a ring. Sonic getting yes, a ring. Okay, cool. the original right. Sonic. I will, I will admit, as soon as he got into the Chris story, and I didn't know if he was going to give me thirty seconds or not, and you started seeing Marty was getting a little bit. 
weird yeah. about that. Yeah. I was worried. And about I'll, oh, please don't have. Come on now, Spurs! <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. In the middle of Chris Cornell's suicide talk. So, so, so yeah, that, that would have been. It would have been perfectly inappropriate. Like it would have been off, awful and awkward. Awful. And the last time one of my best friends ever comes on and talks to us ever again. So I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm glad we didn't have that on that moment. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and all... I'm just going to go ahead and keep them muted during guest segments. That's probably, For, yeah, well, that's probably unless idea. it's like Jim Bob or somebody, you know, then we're going to get a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's someone yeah, that is going to whip his... their ass by the sound, then we have to leave them on. If it's someone who will like, who will like, yeah, we'll leave them on. Jim Bob, that's right. the Jim Bob rule. Yeah, I would. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll call it the JB rule. Fuck Bear, he can handle it. But like guys, like especially if they're telling something really serious, something super serious like that, that's that's fine. All right, support us on yeah, buymeacoffee.com. Exorcist drop in there next time when we're. Oh my uh, god, I hate that <laughs> drop so much. God, I hate when you do that. No. All right, I'm gonna, let's blow through some people that have donated money to us. If you donate three bucks or more, I'm gonna read your I'm gonna read your inquiry here or your your little your uh, offering. Remy Lindholm frozen dick tip bought us a coffee. Thank you, Remy. Okay. okay. Thank you, Remy. I went to school hey, what, with a kid named Remy Remington. Hmm. What a douche noggle. <laughs> I hope he got his name. ass beat at least once. Well, he put up a good fight. Now, was Remy just a nickname because his name was Remington, or was his first name actually Remy? Uh, it was it was Remington Robertson was his full oh, name, for now that I'm sake. giving fat last names. Now, our Remy says, hey, what happened to the bit where intern Jaime was wearing a pig nose downtown? Hashtag stay hard productions. That's on the <laughs> internet somewhere. There's YouTube video of, you never heard, you've ever seen the video where we made, we, it's just during the swine flu epidemic oh oh we made yeah. intern Jaime <laughs> I made him wear a cape and I had he made him made him put a pig snout on and he has he was swine flu and we sent his ass downtown to hang out at the Alamo and fucking around with tourists I'm glad we handled about. I'm glad we handled COVID in a more respectful light than we did the swine flu back then well no one was dying it was fine I, you just, know, no I don't want to imagine what dying. you would have asked me to put on and go wear around in public in this city a dealing with Knowing me, I was probably ranting about what a big giant pussy this country was turning into and how we were getting too wrapped up in swine flu when there was way worse going on. Yeah, we got a was final war about to take place. What are we doing yeah. worrying about the goddamn swine flu? Correct. We don't have time for that bullshit. Thank you to Tex-Mex Frank. Mike, the official Chicago policeman of the Taylor Show, bought us five coffees. What's up, Officer Joe? Hey, dude. How you doing? Good. Right. Thank you very much, Holmes. Thanks R. Kelly, Joe. R. Kelly bought us a cup of coffee. <laughs> I wonder what the coffee's like in prison. Not good. Tastes like ass because they probably. Yeah, probably not good. Not good. LG's Thunderbones back in here bought us three coffees. My daughter's boyfriend is transgender. Interesting, and he's part of our family. These clown politicians need to find another bit. I concur. Well I could said. not agree with you more. Are you boys up for another Small one of these government. shows this week? You guys up for another show this week? Because um, 
win? I thought I might. I don't know. Well, see, I was talking to Sam about this earlier, dude, and I don't want to fuck up our Friday night. Um, so if we do Wednesday, Friday, then we got to sit here on a Friday night till eight thirty or nine. Yeah, I don't want you guys to have to do that. One of one of the guys on the screen right now originally suggested we do Tuesdays and Thursdays to begin with. That's what Puma was saying. That do you think that? And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here because I don't want. And God knows we have other things we do, but. Should we go to two days a week? Do you think we have enough traction to carry two shows a week yet? I don't know if we do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're producing I mean, on the air here. Y'all, y'all, y'all we are can now try for two days a week. Meeting. I mean, obviously, well, sometimes I'll, I won't be able to do two a week. Correct. And I won't either pro- some nights. I, I was just, I, as we, we, we were recording this particular show on a Wednesday, like we always do. Earlier today, um, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, sent out a, an order. Not You can't just make up laws as you go, although that fucker tries to do so because he couldn't get his anti-transgender medical law off the floor last session in the state of Texas. And so he's just going to try to shoehorn his bullshit in and basically commanded or demanded that People in the medical industry, people in education, people in other walks of life that are around kids. If you find out there's a transgender kid in your midst and they're being and they're not and they're and they're being you know, egged on by their parents, turn in these parents and protect these kids from the abuse. And I just felt like I needed a, I needed a 20 minute rant on this, but I didn't want to do it tonight. We had Martin coming on. We were going to talk about funny bits and stuff and music. Are you guys up for one tomorrow? We can wait because I mean, because I want to think that no one's going to take Abbott serious at all. Everyone's going to be, everyone's going to do this. Fuck you, dude. No one's going to turn in any kids. Go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. I hope you slip in the ice and your fucking wheelchair flops over and you get your fucking head scrushed by a fucking truck. I really hope he fucking dies in a fucking fire. That's what I hope. I really do. I could just do this if now. You wanna, if you want to do it, uh, tomorrow night I, I, I'm available, but I okay. won't be available before like 11 p.m. on Friday or Saturday. Okay, what so do you it got? Have to be ass. No, I've got that ass. freaking yeah, brawl to. off Broadway boxing. Oh, okay, that so. no, that's cool. That's awesome. No, no, I dig that. That's, that's this week again. Yeah, it's fr- uh, okay, I got rehearsal cool. Friday. Saturday is the uh, the oh, fights. badass. Yeah. That's quite the endeavor for you too. I've seen you do that. Yeah, it's quite line. the workout. I have to fun. like work yeah, out was. a week beforehand to get ready for yeah, it. Yeah, so. are you familiar with this shit? You still? I'm the steady cam operator that's no, no, walking no, out, walking out all the fighters from the <laughs> okay, tunnel okay. and the musicians. Well, you know, and Lawrence, Lawrence does contract work for that dude Cameron Davies, who's actually based in San Antonio, and they do all these different shows on YouTube and other TV networks and shit. Yeah, they, they produce their on. own shows. A lot of shit going on over there, and they do boxing events now. And LG runs all the camera gear over there. And I, I went and hung out. Me, me, and Fox News Dave actually went out in october and watch the watch the fights that was the sports highlight of my year now granted i didn't go to a lot of sporting events because of the fucking pandemic i went to a i went to two or three things i went that was awesome man i had i have not been to boxing matches in person and to be in like the fourth row vip watching like pro boxers that was a lot of fun and the the and the 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 event of the whole thing 
what they do over there. They make it like a big, it's fucking big time. And it's super entertaining and the hot chicks and the high rollers. <laughs> and the people I was sitting next to were clearly big time drug dealers, but fun as shit and cool to party with okay. tons of money, had a good time. Hey, Puma used to work with the technical, technical director oh, of the event, there, Brian Ramirez. There so. are so Michael many Brian. strings yeah. Yeah, yeah. that cross with, uh, and then now his wife's working there too. It's I saw like, there's yeah, so yeah. many right. streams that cross, uh, these channels here, but right. what are y'all no, doing on Saturday? Y'all should try to come out there. Give Brian a call. Saturday. Give, me, give me some tickets, Brian. Go, no, I think uh, it's at 5 p.m. is when the event starts Saturday. No, I think we very well could be in because we're celebrating. Uh, Steph's got a big uh, corporate event starting on Sunday, so we're celebrating my birthday earlier in the weekend on Saturday. Can you get him in, LG? It's not. It's not cheap to sit down I'm, low. I, if LG can't get me in, I think Steph yeah. will get herself in. We can make something happen, maybe. One. We'll at yeah. least put in a request. You know, they know right, the same people I know, so. Yeah, um, yeah, great guy. But if you want to do a show, Thursday night's my best bet this week. Okay. So, um all right. or Sunday. That would be that would be tomorrow. Uh let's do it tomorrow while it's hot and I'm pissed off still. Because by Saturday I won't be pissed off. Unless unless this gets this gets worse, which who knows? And I've not told this, I've not told my story um on this particular show. Do you think I should? Yeah, why not? Okay, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, no, I think very it's. Off. I yes, at, like yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's right. a perspective that no matter if you've told it. I mean, like talking about it on the show on the radio show today. I mean, the new listeners every fifteen minutes, but the majority of yeah. the audience knows that story already. Knows your 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 fight, your plight, your struggle with the leaders of this state. I think it absolutely needs to be repeated in perpetuity until some some people with more level heads about the uh, situation will hear right. and heed all right do you have time to do this again tomorrow you don't have to if you don't want to no dude you're coming <laughs> all right all right come back i'm, build, I'm staying up till 6 a.m building fucking imaginary roller coasters i got all the oh, time God. In the world. okay yeah. cool 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 all right so let's do another one tomorrow night um no guess. Just I'm going to come on and bitch about the governor, and then we can just spin out of that and do yuck yuck talk for 30 minutes, and then go on. Hey, Troy Aikman bought us a coffee. How about that? What's up, Eight Ball? Hey, that's a uh, newest Mickey employee, Troy Aikman. That's right. Is that I think that's I think that's done. Yeah, yeah. Dingus just earlier, told Aikman. me he's making an appearance in San Antonio this weekend. Apparently, he's making four appearances. Aikman is. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, oh okay. Pimping his beer out. I thought you were saying mm. Dingus was going to make an appearance. No, Ding, Dingus to told say, me that Aikman's like, making an appearance at one of his bars that he frequents. Dingus makes appearances at four bars every exactly. night. Exactly. That's city. what yeah, he's saying. Yeah, okay. Ding, half the bars in the city, Dingus is a frequent flyer you know, into all those anyway. Nah. So the odds are pretty good. All right, that went long tonight, but my boy was rolling, so I wanted to yeah, have him sure. on. Tell stories. That was really good stuff. All right, boys. So let's do this. How about you know, so tomorrow night? We're going to do another one. Fuck it. We're going to do sure. episode nine tomorrow. And what is, it'll just be us. And I, I, I want to get that off my chest and introduce that story just to, just to give some more information about me. And then 
after we make it about me, then we'll make it about me in another topic, though, and we'll talk about other shit. So we should get into some LG and Puma stories, too, before we all die. Mm. Yeah, we can, we can take a deep Your dive. Yeah, yeah, we could do a <laughs> deep dive. Lawrence is a historical fi- He comes from a very historical family. Oh, okay. Matt. Very. That- that actually is, I mean, we can have my fucking country bumpkin redneck family on to talk. We can have my, you know, I've, I've got some ideas for guests, but. We should get your LG brother on one time. Actually, okay, okay. You can actually hear the full paintball story in uh, from his perspective. Uh-uh. Uh, no, LG's got, like, some of those pictures you put out of your family members just with. Skulls in one hand and a oh, yeah. cane in the other, and <laughs> yeah, a yeah. gun slung across. <laughs> dude, that's nineteen twenties Manila right there. Yeah, this we need, to, we need from... to hear some of that. All right, we could do we'll that tomorrow one night. All right, cool. Yeah, whenever you're ready to do it, tomorrow I'm going to bitch about politics, and then we'll make some jokes to get to bring some you. levity to it. But at some point, I do want to do fun with Puma's family tree. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> All right. And that he's not kidding. There is a picture somewhere. You should bring that photo and put it up of the somebody in your family holding a fucking human skull. Oh uh, yeah, right. That was my grandfather and his posse in the Philippines in the twenties. <laughs> so, I need, yeah. I I'll, I'll put I that, that picture up one with, day. I want to go back in time just so I can party with those dudes for a night. I bet they fucking partied hard and badassy. All right, golly, that's it, man. I appreciate everybody that bought us coffee tonight. Thank you for hanging out with us and doing this deal. We're trying to build something pretty good here. and I, I anticipate that my usual Thunderdomers will continue to support this. And I, I love you boys, and I'll never take you for granted, but I'd like to build this audience. Tell your homies about this show. Share this show. Whenever we put the links out, the three of us, take that link and you share it too. Let's get this thing going. I want to become, I want this show to be our show, but I want it to really explode and become a big deal to give us all something to be proud of because y'all were here at the beginning, Thunderdome. Let's build the audience. All right, love you boys very much. Thank you to Martin Strayer. Thank you to DJ LG and Puma and Thunderdome. We'll do this again with Donna. Later. Get well, Josh Young. Fuck the rank. Oh, come back, you puppy.